Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Comments Podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. I'm Marin. And today, the crime junkies are back. Not talking about crime. Honestly, I have not been watching K-dramas <laughs> to record anything for you, but we are going to be coming, we are going to be doing what I've been watching, kind of like a roundup episode of what we've been watching, and maybe like we'll do like a, 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 a what is it, a half season, um, best thing you should watch, things you should not watch. So, um, last week, over the last couple weeks, I was like, I've been in this I'm a binge watcher, so when I don't have anything to watch, it's very hard for me to go find things to watch. And so, um, after, I'm pretty sure after we went to Universal Studios, I remembered how much I did like the Transformers movies. And so I decided to re-watch all of them. And at the same time, without really telling each other, Marion also decided to watch all of them <laughs> from the beginning. And so this is just going to be like a rant about the Transformers series and what we liked, what we didn't like. We've we've both seen the newest one, Rise of the Beast. Um and so we'll we'll just talk about that for those of you who don't know, Transformers was originally a cartoon that started in 1984. Um if you are some of us might be young enough to remember it's Transformers, robots in disguise. That that I used to. I never watched it when I was young. Mm-hmm. The first um, blockbuster film came out in 2017. Um, it was based off the Hasbro's toy lines of the same name. Wait, what? 2007. First... 2007. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, that was a mistake. Thank you. Um, it's the first installment from Transformers live action. The film was directed by Michael Bay. A screenplay by Robert Orsi and Alex Kurtzman. It stars Shia LaBeouf as Sam Witwicky, a teenager who gets caught up in a war between the heroic Autobots and the villainous Decepticons, two factions of alien robots who can disguise themselves by transforming into everyday machinery, primarily vehicles. The Autobots intend to retrieve and use the AllSpark, the powerful artifact that created their robotic race that is on Earth, to rebuild their home, planet Cybertron, and end the war. While the Decepticons have the intention of using it to build an army by giving life to the machines on Earth. Other people that you can see in this movie is Tyrese Gibson, Josh Jamal, Anthony Anderson, Megan Fox, Rachel Taylor, John Turoto, um, and a bunch of other people. Uh, this was the kickoff to the Transformers franchise. And I remember before rewatching that, I probably watched up to the third film mm-hmm. and then was just like well it was no longer playing on fx so we stopped getting cable <laughs> so you really could re-watch them and i had no desire to go watch them in movies um what uh before your rewatch, how many of the films that you watched i well during rewatch, i realized i'd seen the first three never saw the fourth movie the first one with mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. And I'd seen, I'd seen, I'd probably seen the fifth one a lot more than I'd even seen the first one because I don't know why FX used to play that movie all the time. I feel oh, like I would, night? yes, I feel like I would, okay. um, I would turn on the TV and it's a scene with the kids, um, when they first went to, when they went in that little like area they were not supposed to be in. Oh, the abandoned, yeah. yeah I feel like yeah, I've seen okay. that scene so many times, but yeah. Yes. So there are one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, 
three, four, five, six, seven Transformers films, including the one that is in theaters right now. Um, they, <laughs> uh, Michael Bay only directed the one, two, three, four, five, the first five films. Mm. And then Bumblebee's story was directed by Travis Knight. And Transformers Rise of the Beast was directed by Stephen Capel Jr., um, and so we're just gonna talk about our journey with rewatching how we feel about it, which movies are the best. Um, and low key, this might become what Fast and Furious is to other people, Transformers might be what is to me mm-hmm. <laughs> because this doesn't seem like they're not gonna stop making movies anytime soon. <laughs> There's literally another one already slated to come out in 2024 to next year in fall. Directed by Josh Cooley. Um, but yes, so it's actually in production. It's probably on pause because of the writer's strike. But um, so yeah, so we have the first film. The first Transformers is about the Arlo Spark. It stars Shia LaBeouf as Sam Witwicky, and we have Megan Fox as his girlfriend. And it's basically about this kind of like, this kind of, um, he's not really an outcast, but he's like a dork uh, of a teen who uh really wants a car and his dad ends up buying him a yellow and black um camaro like a really old camaro from uncle bernie i was so happy actually seeing him i forgot he was in this movie um and who the was first in this one, movie? bernie mac bernie mac oh yeah yeah so it was nice to see him uh again and so the Transformers, the first movie, is about finding the All Spark, which is supposed to be like the life force, oh, or like mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be like the life force that created Cybertron. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get to meet Optimus and Bumblebee and all the main Autobots in this first movie. Um, it was I liked the first movie. I liked the the dialogue of the first movie it was like really i was interested in the humans in the first movie (laughs) and we'll use my interest in the humans as a gauge as we continue in the story the first movie is definitely a classic um i was surprised that the cgi was still pretty good for something that was made in 2007 um i think if you look in the production details let's see let's see let's see i think they actually used um robotic pieces along with cgi to create the autobots that makes sense yeah i think that was part of it let's see transformers film design yes the filmmakers created the size of each robot with the size of their vehicle mode in mind supporting the transformers rationale for their choices of disguise on earth the concept of traveling protoforms was developed by robert orkery when he wondered why aliens would who moonlight as vehicles need other vehicles to travel um another major influence of the design was the samurai armor returning full circle to the japanese origins of the toy line um, a product placement deal with General Motors supplied alternate forms for most of the Autobots, um, which saved $3 million for production. Um, GM was provided nearly 200 cars, most of, which, most of which were flood damaged or non-soluble, destined for destruction. Uh, I didn't say anything about robots, but I'm, I'm wondering, let's see, effects. 
Spielberg encouraged Bay to restrict computer generation imagery to robots and background elements. Action sequences, stunts such as bone crusher smashing through a bus were done practically, while cameras were placed in the midst of car crashes and explosions to make it look more exciting. Um, work with animatics began in April 2005. So yes, they did have animatics, which are kind of like traditional... Uh, well, okay, well, animatics is an animation technique in which each frame is drawn by hand. Maybe that's why this looks so good. Um, they made it, Initially, the transformations were made to follow the laws of physics, but it did not look exciting enough. It was changed to be more fluid. <laughs> they said they rejected a liquid metal surface for the characters' faces instead, going for Rubik's Cube style of modeling, which I actually really like, and I don't like once Michael Bay stopped directing after like the fifth film, the way the Transformers mm-hmm. look, it's no mm-hmm. longer that Rubik's Cube style, which makes them a little bit more cartoonish, which I thought was, it kind of took off the rough edge of the Autobots, which I didn't like. Oh my God. Due to the intricate designs of the Transformers, even the simplest motion of turning a wrist needs 17 visible parts. Each of Ironhide's guns are made of 10 thousand parts bumblebee uses a (laughs) bumblebee uses a piece below his face plate as an eyebrow pieces in his cheeks swivel to resemble a smile and all the characters eyes are designed to dilate and brighten according to bay the visual effects were so complex it took a staggering 38 hours for the studio to render just one frame of movement that means the studio had to increase their processing facilities each rendered piece had to look like real metal, shiny or dull. And they were sped up to look cool, but in wide shots, the animation was slowed down to convincingly illustrate a sense of weight. Wow. You can tell they put a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You can tell they put a lot of time in making this movie. So yes, I enjoyed the first movie. I thought it was a great introduction into the Transformers, starting with Allspark and the Decepticons and the Autobots and we got Megatron. Um... It was very funny. I think... Um, do you have a favorite scene from the first movie? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite scene, but I think Sam Witwicky. Because <laughs> they say his name so many times in this film. <laughs> um, but I think Sam's reaction to his first... In, um, his first with interaction with the Transformers is the most mm-hmm. appropriate out of all six films. Every single one of them. <laughs> Nobody else... Jen screams like he does <laughs> and i think that's how i would react yeah um i think my favorite scene is when he has to go home to get the glasses and the oh, transformers are good. being impatient at home right. and they're like hiding around his house i'm like y'all cannot i would i don't understand how um you don't hear all of that metal moving and not look out your window <laughs> <laughs> Because it wasn't like the houses of the neighbors were far apart. Right. Also, I think, I don't know which movie it was, but I realized when they were started fighting in cities, I was like, oh yeah, there's a bunch of people dead. <laughs> there's oh, like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, like population <laughs> of whatever city they're in cut by half. Like, ah. Right. And so um, Megatron was a, a good villain for the first film. Um, I thought it was interesting that the AllSpark could make other machines into like immediately into Decepticons. Yeah, that was interesting. Because mm-hmm. I was like, then how did the Autobots get here? Mm, but I guess, I don't know, maybe the Allspark is just like so far away from home and probably damaged. 
or whatever. Um, and I also love the scenes where Sam is arguing with Bumblebee <laughs> and Bumblebee is arguing back through the radio. That's just, right. I don't know why that takes me out. <laughs> because Sam be talking a mile a minute and then Bumblebee has to find right. like a phrase <laughs> to, to combat whatever he's saying. So I like that. All right. Next we have, um, oh, what do you get the first film? Nine out of 10. Eight. Eight. I give it mm-hmm. a, yeah. Oh, I meant to say 10 out of 10. But yeah, I got like 8.5. I thought it was very funny. Next, we have Revenge of the Fallen. Revenge of the Fallen is the one where Megatron fucking returns. <laughs> Megatron returns. Um, well, it starts in 17,000 BC because if there's something the Transformers series is going to do, it's going to rewrite motherfucking history. <laughs> Um, the Boy, primes, the, <laughs> the primes, the highest ruling Cybertronians gather their energy, energon, um, from sun harvesters, machines that consume stars and harness their energy. The primes have a sacred rule not to, never to deplete a star that sustains life, and so basically the Decepticons are just like, oh, um. One prime, however, violates this rule by building a sun harvester on Earth, for which he is defeated by the other six primes and becomes the Fallen or the original Decepticon. And so this is when the Big Daddy Decepticon is like somewhere in space trying to recover. Um, and he's like, I'm hungry or whatever, and I want. Well, he just knows that if he could take out the Autobots through by taking out the Earth's sun, he'll become more powerful. And so um, it's been two years since the last movie. Um, Ness, the non-biological extraterrestrial species treaty, has been made between the Autobots and um, America. They go on secret missions to take out Decepticons all over the world. Um, And basically, they're like, hey, Sam, thank you for saving the world. We're going to pay for your college, and that's about it. <laughs> so Sam is now a college student. He has to leave Bumblebee at home, so Bumblebee goes back to Nest. Of course, um, at college, we find out that basically Sam has a piece of the spark. And mm-hmm. so I can. what happened to the AllSpark in the first movie? They, they used it to... Re- oh, they used it to revive Optimus in his fight with Megatron. Uh. And basically well sam used it to do that and then he used it to destroy megatron and in doing that they couldn't return home or they couldn't use the all spark anymore and so it was in pieces and so sam had a piece of the all spark in his clothes from the fight from two years ago mm-hmm. the decepticons know he has a piece of the all spark they want that piece of the all spark because it'll help um the shard will help um the fallen and it will help them basically find wherever the fuck the the inner john star uh harvester thing is so sam touches this all spark thing he basically ends up with the same systems that his grandfather had when he first encountered the all spark basically all of the AllSparks history gets implanted into Sam's brain. And so now he knows where 
he doesn't know that he knows, but he knows where the um, Sun Harvester, the Energon, is. And so now they're on a mission to figure out where the fuck this Harvester is before the Decepticons get to it. And where is it, bitch? And motherfucking Cairo in Egypt. <laughs> and so they have to go to Egypt. Optimus also gets hurt um, fighting Megatron. And so Optimus is out for like most of this movie. And um, Sam says that if we can find the Energon, the key for the Energon, I can bring um, Optimus back. And I think the key is called the Matrix of Leadership. And that's what the Primes, it's a symbol of leadership for Cybertron that the Primes used. And it's also the key to the Sun Harvester. And so they go to the Giza pyramids. I completely forgot about that giant construction thing that um, tears down a fucking pyramid. <laughs> um, Sam's parents get kidnapped. The Decepticons are like, because the Fallen has been working with Megatron, there's like a bunch more Decepticons that ended up being on Earth. And they come and start a war with our nest people. And so, but of course, we, we you know, we when there's a wheel, there's a way. And so um, Sam basically brings Optimus back to life. And Optimus ends up beating the shit out of Megatron once a fucking game. Um, Did you see that this movie came out during the writer's strike? I did not know that. This film. The first um, writer's strike. Oh, okay. Yes. They said that this film, when they were filming it, they had written a script in three weeks. Like Michael, um, wow, Michael Bay—that's his name, right? Yeah, that's the director. He, yeah, yeah. He was saying that they were filming when he, when he had only fourteen pages worth of a story. Oh, yeah. He does not really like this movie, and neither, neither does Shia LaBeouf. I'm like, it's a little unhinged, and I'm I kind of yeah. looking for it. I'm not gonna. Lie. I was kind of looking for it because. Yeah. The what I think my favorite part of this is when they brought back the character from Sector Seven, the mm-hmm, Jewish guy, mm-hmm. him and Shia LaBeouf together, chaos. Right. <laughs> His character was I so loved. funny and like, um, are you oh, sorry? You can continue not no, to no. cut in. I wanted to say that that's really one thing I forgot about is the humor mm. in the Transformers movie, specifically yes. the one with Shia LaBeouf. The mm-hmm. humor is funny in all three of those movies. I think they did a great job, especially with the Sector 7 guy and Shia LaBeouf's character. Yes, yes. I thought they were hilarious. Um, I was very sick and tired of Megan Fox being in heels doing most of the oh, action yeah. scene. I was like, there is no way she hasn't sprained a fucking ankle. Um, y'all are running in the desert. It's just on boots. This <laughs> one was the, that scene when they, I forgot his name, they, they bring back the old guy and he transports them to Egypt. Oh, and, yes. When they Shia go to the museum. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Shia LaBeouf's character looks at him and he's like, I need, he's like, you, I need you to get it together. Say, streamline this story, please. And the, and the, um, because he kept cutting off and the yes. Sector 7 guy is like pointing. He's like, yeah, yeah, please. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. keep cutting off. It was so funny. I replayed it twice. Yeah, I was sad when he died. And they just they used all his body parts for Optimus, and I was just like, mm. "Oh yeah, no." I said, "R.I.P." Okay, let's the rest of peace. Let's keep, it. Let's yeah, keep let's it moving. Keep... <laughs> yes, um, yeah. So I I actually I enjoyed the Fallen. Um, mm-hmm. 
I was sick of all of Cybertron's shit being on Earth, but I was just oh, yeah. like, okay, cool. We got, it, w- it was a continuous storyline from the first movie, so right. I rocked with it. I gave this one an, like a, a, a 8 out of 10. I give it like a 7.5. An 8 out of 10, okay. Okay, next we have Transformers Dark of the Moon. Now this is where we start to <laughs> we start to get a little a little oh, this is truly unhinged. This <laughs> storyline is unhinged. This was a hitch. So once again, we're back in the past because it's not a Transformers movie. It's a rewrite <laughs> American history. Well, not American history, Earth history. In 1960, the the Ark, a Cybertronian spacecraft carrying an invention cable. An invention capable of ending the war between Autobots and Decepticons crash landed on the dark side of Earth's moon. For my people who don't know, you will never see the dark side of Earth's moon. <laughs> I mean, you know, the dark side of the moon, because that's just how we rotate around each other. So, um, and it's detected by NASA. So, basically, President John F. Kennedy authorizes a mission to put a man on the moon as a cover for investigating spacecraft in 1969. The crew of the Apollo 11 lands on the moon and secretly inspects the Ark before returning to Earth. And so now we're back in the present day. (laughs) When I saw that, I said, oh, y'all said anything that has to do with space. They said anything. has to do with anything. The People out here like, oh, the moon landing is fake. No, it was real, but they went to go to <laughs> pick up an to alien exp- spaceship. Shit, right. They were afraid that the Russians were going to get there first, so the American was like, if y'all don't get your shit together. Right. You know what still baffles me? The one fact that I know is that they still use spacesuits from the 1960s because they can't recreate them. What? what? <laughs> yeah, astronauts <laughs> are not picked. Um, astronauts mostly are picked on whether you can fit into the suit or not. That is and so crazy. T- <laughs> they pieced them together from the suits that they made in 1969. Why? They Why can't they make other ones? I don't. Under- I didn't no get funding? that far down the rabbit hole when I saw that fact. I was like, now I'm going to oh. get down the rabbit hole today. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Um, so now we're back in the present. It's two years after Egypt. Sam Witwicky is doing what most um, Gen Z and millennials are doing now, looking for a goddamn job. Because. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's very, very hard. Um, Nest is still kind of working. Um, they get a uh, a tip that the 1989, the 1986 Chernobyl nuclear site in the Ukraine was also had to do with something with Decepticons. And so the Autobots get there. It's a fucking trap from the Decepticons. And they get attacked by Shockwave and that giant fucking drill worm. And I was like, how do you hide something that big? <laughs> That thing was tearing up the city. Oh my god! <laughs> what I tell you, damage, <laughs> damage. There was no way y'all fixed Chicago after this war, <laughs> right? I was like, when they were angry with them, the next movie, I said, "Well, can you blame them?" <laughs> <laughs> so, um, after the two escaped, Optimus Prime discovers that the technology is a fuel cell from the Ark, um, and so we learned that the Ark was like. During the Cybertron, the Autobots, Decepticons war, the Ark was sent away because it was, um, it had an invention and the invention was basically a motherfucking time warp machine, not a time warp machine, a black hole machine. 
whatever it is, the space bridge. It mm-hmm. can make things in space closer. So if it's millions of light years away and you have the space bridge, it's a warm home that teleports matter between two points. There we go. Um, and I don't know why Earth was their secret hideout. Y'all could have picked <laughs> somewhere else. But they picked here. Um, they're finally told by the Secret Service. Well, not the Secret Service, but the CIA. Whoever that woman was in this movie. Um, that they told them the truth about the Earth's uh, the moon, man on the moon mission. So, our team, our our Autobots, go to the moon. They go to the ship, and um, they discover that Centennial Prime, um, and the Autobots leaders before Optimus are there. And then there's five pillars of the space bridge. Though we realize that there's supposed to be like hundreds of them. And so they bring Centennial back to Earth and Optimus revives him using the Matrix of Leadership. Meanwhile, Sam is still looking for a job. He is now dating a gorgeous British blonde who works for some rich dude as his, like, a secretary? <laughs> I don't know what she does. Um, but he basically gets a job at this cyber company um, with these very weird rules and... Uh, while he's working there as a mailman, he gets interrogated by a character that's played by what is the name of this actor? I don't know his name. Oh, Kim Jong. Um, Kim Jong plays like he's like really intrigued with Sam and basically tells him that the Decepticons are basically blackmailing him and a bunch of other people in the tech world to do this shit because it's a setup. So the Autobots basically get set up by Centennial and Megatron who are working together to bring the space bridge to life on Earth to move Cybertron closer to space and use the human race as slave labor. <laughs> and so during this time, we realize that Sam, um, even though he's done with college, he's broken up with Megan, he's dating this new girl, he still wants to go out there and save the world. It's kind of who he is. His girlfriend, who is the daughter of a military man, just like I'm not in the mood to date another man who's gonna lose his life fighting for this, you know, country or whatever. But there ends up being an entire fucking war in Chicago. Glad I didn't pick New York because New York already got enough smoke from the Marvel series. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in Chicago, and this is basically the Decepticons are going to move, um, open up the space bridge. Uh, and so between the Autobots and the Nest people they end up taking out the space bridge. They ended up taking out Centennial um, and Megatron once a fucking game <laughs> and save the day. Now, this movie was unhinged. <laughs> um, yeah. This is when I started caring less and less about the people <laughs> and more and more about the Transformers. Um is this the one? Well, this is the one where um, Optimus kind of blames himself for reviving Centennial or whatever. And also, during this movie, I was like, how the fuck are y'all going to win? <laughs> how are we going to win? <laughs> Looking a little dire. Looking a little... <laughs> Looking a little odds not in our favor, but... It really was, for me, when they were sliding down this inside that building... Oh my god! Oh, and then they ju- no no. 
when they when they slid down slid down the side of that building he shot through one glass and they jumped in that way i said you have to be <laughs> joking with me because <laughs> once again that giant fucking worm <laughs> was tearing the city apart and i'm like how are we taking that out also to have the whole plot that they were losing part of the war because Optimus got fucking stuck <laughs> in, a, oh in God, the tables. Yeah. I was like, "You are you <laughs> are you shitting me?" I was just like, uh, Every time a U.S. government official would be talking to Optimus a little sideways, I'm like, "Yo, like, shut up!" <laughs> like for real. Like <laughs> I understand that you are irritated. But you cannot possibly win this battle without the Autobots. And I don't, and you know what? And they continue to be like, but this and but that. I'm like, I'll say, so how, with what power are you going to stop a Decepticon? Please, quickly, quickly. Did you see that worm? Did you see that robotic worm? Like, what are you going to do? I was also sad to see my son ripped apart, Bumblebee, but you know, he was finally in. Um, he was fine in the end. That was fine. Um, but yeah, I was just also to see that who was it, Sam, that basically um gaslighted Megatron into taking Centennial out himself. I was like, well, damn. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it was his girlfriend. <laughs> yes, it was a girlfriend. Yes, I the girlfriend. That my oh, favorite funny. moment of this part was when he took his girlfriend and they went to the secret base. And they and he kept saying the code name, whatever the base, and they were like, "No, it doesn't exist." Like, go back. And he just drove forward, and the little bumpers came up and to like stop him from going in. And he was just screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. I was like, "Oh, he fed up. He is done." Yeah. He's like, "You don't understand what the fuck." I would think that Sam would still have clearance at Nest. Like I don't right. understand. I was like, <laughs> why would I don't know? I was I felt a little irritated for him too. I was like, yeah, I definitely did do my part in saving the world twice, so, twice. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that was um pretty fun. The whole thing about them, cause I I did I did not remember a lot from the third movie. So when they were like, yeah, we're gonna send the Autobots back to space, and that'll stop the Decepticons from fucking with earth i was like what are you talking about <laughs> what are you talking about like, um, okay you're gonna build your own robots cool sure sure, sure. right but that's right, exactly right. what they did in the last one and it fucked them up so <laughs> <laughs> next okay for dark of the moon i give it like a 6.5 i'll still give it a 7.5 yeah, it was it was unhinged. Next, we have Transformers: The Age of Extinction. This one came out in two thousand fourteen. Always oh, got start in the past sixty five million years ago. <laughs> An alien race known as the Creators used devices called seeds to cover Earth with a metallic alloy called Transformium, wiping out the dinosaurs in the process. <laughs> so the meteor didn't exist. That's not how the meteor didn't <laughs> exist. These bitches said. We need some transformanium, and the way you get transformanium is to plant this bomb and turn every organic living material into transformanium. And I'm like, then how the fuck are the Autobots made? Like that, 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 that opened up some questions for me. I'm sitting here like, um, there's no other planet y'all could go to. This is the only 
habitable planet. This is the only planet that got things on it. Like, this is so <laughs> not serious right now. <laughs> right. In the present day, geologist Darcy Terrell eva- excavates the transformanium for KSI Industries, who use it to build transformer drones. So, this is five years later, um, after the Battle of Chicago. Humans view Transformers as hostile and terminate all joint operations with them. Though the public believes that the Autobots were granted sanctuary, um, they are hunted down by rogue CIA Black Ops Division. Led by opportunistic rogue intelligence operative who believes that all Transformers are dangerous and must be destroyed. Um... Lockdown, a cyber training assassin and bounty hunter working for the creators, is tasked to find Optimus Prime. In exchange, he gives Adinger a seed if his division manages to capture Optimus. Lockdown locates and kills Ratchet when he refuses to give up Optimus' location. That made me really sad. Um, Optimus is basically badly damaged and he's like hiding in this... uh, rundown theater in the middle of texas and this is when we meet our new human who is named Cade yeager a financially struggling inventor and a single father who got on my goddamn nerves the whole first half of this movie i was just like you were a single dad and you're sitting out here making shit bitch if you don't go get a nine to five right <laughs> and make shit on the side <laughs> like your daughter falling in love with a race car driver of course mm-hmm. of the fuck course because <laughs> Um, while his teenage daughter Tessa and business partner Lucas Lucas also got on my fucking nerves. Lucas Flannery encouraged him to turn Optimus over to the authorities. Kate instead fixes Optimus, hoping to collect the advertised award. Um, so basically these rogue agents and this bounty hunter come for Optimus at Jaeger's farm. Lucas Lucas will Lucas calls in to the Autobot the Decepticons hotline to right. basically have them come get Optimus because he wants a fucking check. Right. And look what happened, bitch. You died. <laughs> you died. <laughs> um, so, basically, Cade, his daughter, his daughter's boyfriend all have to be on the fucking run from these bounty hunters and these intelligence like officers. That it rubbed me completely wrong the way he provided documentation to show how it was not illegal for him to date his daughter. Oh, girl. I said, now why the hell would you even put that in this movie? I was so not on Kate's side. And then the boyfriend started talking. I said, what? (laughs) Why would you even (laughs) include that? Why would she just be 18? Like, it's not that hard to make her 18. (laughs) Just make her about to graduate. Like make her <laughs> make her like almost nineteen still in college like eighteen. Why did you have to provide this weird loop thing that he did? I don't. That was that very was weird. So fucking weird and <laughs> <It's> so unnecessary. <laughs> right. And this is the movie where I stopped caring about the humans because I was just like, <laughs> Optimus is almost dead, right? Right. Um. Also, Cade was being. Well, the dude is weird, but also they were like um, mad at him for basically being an parents of having immigrant. He was Irish, so I was like, it was a weird thing to add in, but okay, what the fuck? <laughs> um, Optimus summons the surviving Autobots, which is Bumblebee, Hound, Drift, and Crosshairs. Um, 
and using a stolen CIA drone, Kate discovers KIS's involvement with um, the bounty hunters and the attacks on the Autobots. And so they basically figure out that this company has taken Transformium, turned it into like a metal that you can tell the metal what to do. And also, um, they basically created Transform. Well, they created Autobots Transformers. Um, but the data which they were using to make the Transformers are from Megatron's head. <laughs> I said, how how are we four movies in and it's the same villain? I'm tired. He was like in the he's like kind of a side villain because there's somebody else as well. But I'm like, we are four movies in. What how? Each of these movies are two and a half hours long. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of this shit, Grandpa. <laughs> well, too bad is what they're saying. <laughs> so basically, they break into KSI. They find out that they've been making like 50. They have like 50 Transformer prototypes all based off data that they've got out of Megatron's head. Um, and so they learn about the seed and basically, they convince the they convince the KIS guy that you're being fooled. <laughs> they want the seed because they're going to just detonate it in the biggest city in the world, which of course is in Asia, and turn everybody into Transformium. And that way, Megatron has control over your 50 prototypes, and then he'll have Transformium and make a fucking army or whatever. So, they end up in China. I still don't remember how they end up in China. <laughs> I don't remember how we got to China, honestly. But China's where we have our next big-ass fucking war. There's so many people. The population density in China is much heavier. Insane. <laughs> like, what they say, like there's seven billion in the world there's a good five billion after this movie's China. done oh my god <laughs> and so they fight and optimus gets captured at one point and he gets on the ship and we get inside that ship and they have to break him out of that ship and so we get to see a lot of well they're talking about his creators and whatnot and whatever and your creators want you or whatever they free the dinobots yes i remember that they free the dinobots the dinobots were on the ship he wins their allegiance through trial by combat becoming essential to the autobots victory lockdown returns to recapture optimus and the dinobots using a large magnet to cause destruction after disabling the magnet, Optimus fights Lockdown. Um, Optimus kills Attinger to save Cade. Yeah, Cade ends up fighting Lockdown one-on-one while Tessa and Shane use a tow truck to free Optimus, right? Who kills Lockdown before defeating the remaining drones with Lockdown's grenade. Uh, Gavletron retreats, vowing to return because that's the new Megatron. And Optimus asks the Autobots to protect the Jaegers while Joshua offers to help them build a new home before flying away into space with the seed, sending a message to the creators that he is coming for them. So Optimus is very pissed off at the end of this movie. Um, he took the seed and basically was just like, I'm going to find the people who made us. Mm-hmm. And this is when I, I started becoming way more interested in the Transformers story. Because I was just like, made you? <laughs> <laughs> made you, bitch, what? 
<laughs> um, I give this movie like a six out of ten. I'd say like six point five. Yeah. the The appearance of the Dinobots was just like <laughs> random. It was so random. <laughs> All right, now we're at. That was the age of extinction. Now we're at the last night. Now when I tell you that when I laughed <laughs> when this movie started, <laughs> I was like, first of all, not that I'm using the same actor from the last movie in this one, just cause. Um the the guy who played the guy who ran the company, I think this is I think I'm right. The guy who ran the company in the fourth film, the bald guy, Stanley Tucci. Stanley uh-huh. Tucci plays Merlin in the fifth movie as well. When he played, um, huh? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hold on. Transformers Wait a second. Four. Transformers Four cast. Stanley Tucci plays Josh Joshua. Oh, the wizard! Yes, he plays ah! Merlin. I was like. Ah! Bro, he just played a billionaire tech guy in the last movie. (laughs) That ain't no way. I didn't even realize that was him. I was screaming when I saw that. (laughs) I because he has hair. I did not realize that was him. Oh my fucking god, that is Stilly (laughs) Chuchi. He doesn't have all glasses. That's why I didn't recognize him. I was like. Girl, what are you talking about? That's no, they wild. literally said, um, yeah, we're gonna put him in this next movie just cause. I was like, Am it's I is cause. he a descendant of Merlin? Am I missing? Stanley Tucci Stanley Tucci, if I have to check if he's problematic or not, but he's turning out to be one of my my new favorite white men because he's funny oh, as yeah. fuck. <laughs> he's funny as fuck. Um so Transformers the Last Night begins in forty eight AD with the knights. At this point, take us back before Christ. (laughs) Like, I don't even care at this point. Was Jesus a transformer? (laughs) (laughs) It might as well be. Because damn. Oh my god. The Bible has secrets, Cybertron secrets in it, and we just can't. Oh my god. It's just so... (laughs) It's like, they're like, let's take this pivotal point in human history. Aliens. Robots. I was like, not the revising the Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> <laughs> so Merlin and the Knights of Lacan, um, a group of Transformers hiding on Earth, are seeking their help to aid King Arthur and his knights. They hand him a staff and help Arthur defeat the Saxons. You know when this first started, you know, I was like, I said, not the fucking Crusades. And then they <laughs> called him Arthur, and I was like, bitch, wait a second. <laughs> King Arthur? That's what I thought was happening. I was like, oh, okay, the white roses and the red roses are fighting over religion. Okay, cool. And he said, King Arthur. I said, bitch, what? Ain't no way. <laughs> Ain't no way. Ain't no way. <laughs> so they had him a, they hand him a staff. Arthur defeats the Saxons, but warn Marlin Merlin to hide the staff. So basically Merlin gets the staff from a transformer. This is supposed to be part of his magic. This staff controls a fucking dragon. <laughs> so you're telling me that dragons are products of the Knights of Lacan, who were knights in Cybertron, who crash landed on Earth. <laughs> I 
I was just like, my brain is doing backflips. <laughs> so now we're in the present. It's five years after the Hong Kong incident. Optimus Prime arrives to the ruins of Cybertron and meets the Cybertronian goddess Quintessa, who brainwatches him and turns him into Nemesis Prime. When I saw that happen, I said, so is Optimus an op now? Is that what's happening? <laughs> and she sends him to Earth to retrieve you live, What is that line? You live long enough to see yourself become the villain? The villain, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, to restore the planet by taking Earth's energy core. So this staff that has been on Earth since 484 AD has the energy to restore a Cybertron. At this point, I'm gonna need y'all to give Cybertron to the gods and find a new planet. <laughs> like, every time y'all try to revive that bitch. Every time. <laughs> it's go not find another planet. Find an uninhabitable a planet that has nobody on it. And don't even got bacteria on there. Put a little right. thing on there. There you go. I don't understand why we <laughs> still have hopes on Cybertron, bitch. Like. She's gone. <laughs> the all spark is gone. The leader of the Matrix. I don't even know if Optimus still has that thing. Like, you have to eat suns. Go eat another sun. Why you gotta <laughs> eat Earth? There's plenty of suns. <laughs> so on Earth, a new paramilitary task force called the Transformers Reaction Force continues to hunt Transformers, whether they be Autobots, whether they be Decepticons. While some of its U.S. military personnel, including Colonel Williams, um, are reluctantly against its actions, Cade Yeager, an ally to the Autobots, hides Transformer refugees in his junkyard. Um, in a war-torn Chicago, Cade and Bumblebee meet a scavenger named Isabella. Now, when they introduce a child, I said, <laughs> what does she do for the plot? <laughs> right. What is she? Her little, her little toy robot. <laughs> her toy robot was adorable, but did it have to be a child? I don't understand. <laughs> I, I mean, I understand they didn't want to give single father Cade Yeager, who can't even talk to his own daughter, a love interest. Well, never mind. They did give him a love interest. I take that back. They did give him a love interest. It's mm-hmm. the British chick. Right. But I was just like, a child? I was just so <laughs> surprised that Colonel Williams and Simmons were in this series five movies deep. Especially yeah. Colonel Williams. I was... Josh Dummo, whatever his name is, I thought he would have been gone by the second film, but he was here for every movie. You know what? I love him for it. I, right. I started getting attached to the soldiers. I was like, "Where's Tyrese and them?" No, for Y'all real. Come back. <laughs> come back. I was more attached to them to the lead motherfuckers of the film. I don't understand how they didn't just turn Colonel into the lead person. I don't even turn. You know I what? Just don't. <laughs> that makes so much more sense. Why? What the? Who the fuck? I don't care about Kate Yeager. Why didn't you just turn the the soldiers who have been fighting by the Autobots the for the last how many years did this span? Right, ten years. <laughs> and he's been like, even though he worked for the military, he was always like, "Hey, like, don't shoot Autobots down the city. Autobots, stuff like that." He's like, "Optimus, that's 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 the homie. What are we doing?" Right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so it's basically about Kate being a refugee and, um, an ally to Autobots and they have to hide in the motherfucking junkyard. He has a Dinobot with him. I was like, 
what (laughs) (laughs) so um megatron again (laughs) when he came back during this film i said bitch you ain't dead yet (laughs) i was Um, like why am i seeing his face again why is he on my screen (laughs) (laughs) megatron having abandoned his galvatron identity um, his remaining Decepticons and the U.S. government learn of the talisman's value and reluctantly join forces to retrieve it and track Bumblebee to Cade's scrapyard. While the Autobots fend off the Decepticons, Grimlock and the Dinobots ambush TRF. Um, they ins- they assist the humans out of the way. Um, Cogman, a human-sized transformer, appears and invites Cade to the United Kingdom. Now this was the first movie in a while that I started laughing because Cogman was fucking hilarious. He was unhinged and so funny. <laughs> he was so fucking... He, like, when I tell you, he had zero patience for a Katie Yeager in his mouth. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> zero patience. Um, he invites Kate to the United Kingdom to meet his employer, Sir Edmund Burton, Who's connected to the Transformers? Burton asks another Transformer, Hot Rod, to find Vivian Wembley at the University of Oxford. So we get to meet our two leads. Burton explains to Kate and Vivian and Bumblebee that Transformers have been living amongst mankind for centuries. Their existence once guarded by a secret society called the Order of the Witwickens, of which he is the last living member. And I was just like, Witwickens sounds like Witwicky. So where the fuck is Shy's character dead? <laughs> or is he just like the last living member of the Witwickens? Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because does that mean that his grandfather was also part of the Witwickens and he went to Alaska? Because they made it seem like he went to Alaska and just happened upon Megatron. <laughs> That's what, it, yeah. That's what it seemed like. Um... So the talisman could lead to Merlin. So the talisman they're talking about is something that Cade got from a knight Autobot that he was trying to save. He was a really old Autobot. And I don't know where the fuck that site was in the beginning of the movie. What site? Um, you know the beginning of the movie where he gets the, the, the knight seal from the old Autobot that's in a plane? Yes. I don't know where that is. Because, like, if y'all have been here, or where the fuck did you come from? Like, but he saw that Ye- Jaeger was a friend to Autobots, and that's why he gave him the seal. And Megatron mm-hmm. is after the seal, because if they get the seal, they can go back to Cybertron. Well, if they get the seal, they can find the staff to get back to Cybertron. There you go. Um. So the talisman could lead to Merlin's staff buried in a Cybertronian spacecraft undersea. Um, which is another reason to stay out the fucking ocean. Um, Vivian <laughs> is revealed to be the direct descendant of Merlin's bloodline and the only one who can activate the staff. MI6, the British TRF, um, discover them, they flee, they follow the clues, evading their pursuers. They head to the Royal Navy Museum where the commander of the submarine um, HMS Alliance was also a transformer. So basically there's this giant submarine that's just like on display and it's a transformer and they get in the submarine and the submarine gets in the ocean itself (laughs) (laughs) um so to find the spacecraft which has merlin's staff um 
once again, Cogman being just unhinged butler. <laughs> he, like, set up dinner for them and all that other shit. Um, oh, so um, Burton contacts some more Simmons. Simmons. I'm pretty sure he's the Sector 7 guy. Mm-hmm. They both learned that Earth is Unicron. Mm-hmm. And that's where the horns are coming out of Unicron. And the staff will drain the planet's life via access point under Stonehenge. Locating the ship, Kate and Vivian find Merlin's tomb. Vivian activates Merlin's buried staff, awaking the Knights of Lacan, who were also on the ship. The TRF and the Navy SEALs ambush Kate and Vivian, take the staff, but are, first, are forced to surrender it to Optimus, who has arrived. Um, Bumblebee, Kate, and Lennox engage in Optimus during which Bumblebee ends up using his real voice for the first time in a long time, and this snaps Optimus out of his control of Quintessa. The Decepticons ambush Optimus. Um, they steal the staff. The Knights arrive to execute Optimus, but yield to Cade and join the humans and the Autobots upon seeing Cade's talisman turn into what, bitch? Motherfucking Excalibur. <laughs> um, Burton tries to stop Megatron from activating the staff at Stonehenge, only to get blown up. Y'all just bring in old characters to kill them off, and it really do be. <laughs> this is really not cool. Um, as Cybertron's remains ravish Earth, the Autobots, Dragonstorm, and the humans, now working with the reformed TRF, launch a direct assault on Cybertron to defeat the Decepticons, Megatron, and Quintessa. During the battle, Vivian removes the staff and stops the transfer. Optimus defeats Megatron while Bumblebee seriously kills Quintessa. With both worlds saved, but now attached to each other, the Autobots leave Earth to rebuild Cybertron. Meanwhile, Quintessa, who has survived the battle, disguises herself as human and approaches a group of scientists inspecting one of Unicron's horns and offers them a way to destroy him. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) This movie is so unhinged. And timeline-wise, I get a little confused as well with it <laughs> what did you get confused about Let's see well, it refers to the bumblebee movie that really does confuse me with the time when it with this timeline in the sense of um i one i could not get myself to finish the bumblebee movie i just was so bored i was like i don't care about <laughs> these characters individually however if we were to jump forward in a bumblebee movie in which that's the first time that a transformer lands on is that supposed to be the first time a Transformer lands on Earth or Bumblebee's first time on Earth? That, I don't know. Because, because if it I is, this, that yeah. movie is set in the 1980s, how the hell did Bumblebee fight the Nazis? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And I was so disappointed. We'll talk about that in a second. Because okay. I took it as, after watching the Bumblebee movie, I took Bumblebee's Bumblebee's movie mm-hmm. as his second time being on Earth. Okay. The first because... time was during World War, whatever, or before World War. Okay. And he was building an alliance with humans by fighting the Nazis. And then the one in the 80s is his okay. second time. I did not finish the movie, so there might be story plots. Like, little There's not. Things. It's not. Oh, girl. It's... <laughs> girl. That, that, like, la- that lowered the score on this movie because it, don't, it made this movie more confusing. I'm like, that doesn't mm-hmm. add up. <laughs> Because when they showed the footage of my baby kicking Nazi ass, I was so excited for the Bumblebee movie. I said, we about to fuck shit up. 
And then no. I'm like, he it's... drops it in the 80s? What? What? <laughs> Confusion. Um, I didn't like this movie because they didn't use Optimus to his full ability. Mm-hmm. If you were going to make Quintessa the fucking villain, I need her to be on Earth and scare the shit out of people. Right. Um, I They cared too much about the human part of it. Like, a part of me was really interested in how they rewrote the Knights of the Round Table. Because mm-hmm. out of all of the rewrites of history, this one made the most sense to me. Right. I was like, of course we don't have fucking dragons. It was a fucking thing from space from like, cybertron <laughs> it made like, sense people today like, still whole... actually don't know what the stonehenge is about okay right. okay, okay. <laughs> i was very interested in the lore of the film i don't like how it was finessed out like fleshed yeah. out i cared once again i cared way less about the motherfucking humans and mm-hmm. much more about the transformers and so I was much more... Also, like, Bumble getting his voice back for a second. Oh, yeah. I was like... <gasps> for me, it just lost me on the history of Transformers on the Earth. I'm like, okay, well, that's a lot. Because, and, because like, yes, in the on. movie before this... I'm sorry, but in the movie before this, they were talking about the creators. So Quintessa right. is one of the creators of the mm-hmm. Autobots. Y'all still haven't explained that to me. Y'all, why did <laughs> right. she make Autobots and Decepticons? Why were the Transformers created? Because Quintessa doesn't look like a Transformer. She looks like right. an alien part, alien mm-hmm. part, like ethereal thingy. And I'm just like... These movies then, give me very much, go read the comics, we're not doing that. Yes, like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> go read but the comics, we're not doing I'm, I'm, that. I'm not gonna read the comics, don't have time. Not. Um, no. <laughs> but also, I w- now I truly was irritated by Megatron. I didn't want to see his face anymore. Like I was so. Exhausted. I said if this bitch comes back one more time, like <laughs> if this bitch he deserves to live after that. He deserves after ten years. Y'all still like, took this bitch out. I was like, girl, Marvel movies. villains don't even come back this much. What? <laughs> what? Ah. Side note: Transformers used to be part of the Marvel comics. God. Okay. Oh. They, I looked. No, I don't want that crossover. I don't. No, want, they said um, they used to be part of the Marvel comics, but Marvel never like put them connected them to the MCU. From what I've seen, like they okay, didn't really great. use them, and then they lost the rights licensing rights, so now they can't introduce them. And in the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Transformers um exist as like a fictional thing, like they're not real. So. Mm. Yeah, so they don't they don't have licensing anymore. Somebody else has, so but they did originally exist. Okay, yeah, because what studio? This is Paramount. This is Paramount that um, owns. But I'm sitting there like, girl, you know how many movies Marvel got and how many different <laughs> villains they got? How are you doing five films with the same villain, pretty much? Yeah, yeah. Um, I give. I'm so conflicted because I like the lore mm-hmm. for this movie, but the overall end product is not as good as it could have been. So this gets a six. I'd give it, yeah, six too. Yeah, okay. Now we're on to Bumblebee. I know you didn't finish this. <laughs> I got 45 I minutes in. <laughs> it's literally just a coming of age story. It's yeah. supposed to be... um. So basically, says on the planet Cybertron, the Autobots led by Optimus on the war, and so they basically send Bumble or B one twenty seven, which was his original name, um, 
to Earth to set up a base of operations while they defend the Decepticons. Now, they the synopsis makes it seem like he reaches Earth and crashes lands in, in California, disrupting an army thing. Mm-hmm. Like, this explains why Bumble lost his voice. Yeah. And lost his memory. Um, But I'm assuming that he had gone to Earth before this and came back to Cybertron, and this is his second See, time. the only reason That's I don't think that time. Yeah. is because... Um, Optimus introduces Earth to Bumblebee like it's the first time. He's like, I have found a planet that you can go to. You don't say oh. that to somebody that has already been there before. I can't believe they that's what timeline like this. I can't. And I was like, <laughs> you just told me he fought in the war. <laughs> you told me Optimus fought in the war. And I was like, okay. That's when I was like, mm, I might have to ignore that part of the timeline of Bumblebee's origin story, really. Which was such good... I can't believe that they set that up for y'all. And right. this is the movie y'all came out with. They literally set it up for the next movie to be in World War II during Nazi time. And y'all said, let's make a coming-of-age story in the 80s. For what? <laughs> for what? Y'all, y'all have thrown something away. Y'all have explicitly said what time period they were here and then ignored it. Okay. <laughs> Oh, wait. Bumblebee's a different director, right? Yes. Michael Bay is producing it, though. Okay. Michael Bay is one of the producers. Michael, what's going on? (laughs) But it was directed by Travis Knight. So, I don't don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand. It was so stupid. But, (laughs) did this movie make me fall in love with Bumblebee? Yes. He's so fucking cute. The entire movie. That's my son. That's my child. I love him down bad. Um, but it's just a movie where a girl basically buys a Volkswagen. It turns out to be Bumblebee. He's lost his voice. He's lost his memory. The army is after him. Um, Decepticons on our, our, on Earth. Because they're looking for the Autobot space. Because they know Bumblebee got sent out. And so now they're trying to, they're trying to have contact with other Decepticons. And we have to stop that. Mm-hmm. She's a child, though, so I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, the way they try to... Once again, I don't give a fuck about the humans at this point. I wanted to see Bumble kick Nazi ass! And y'all took that away from me! <laughs> you took it away from me! Um, But, I don't know. Maybe this was the beginning of the year of the swirl, because her love interest is a light-skinned black boy. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, it's a really coming-of-age story, and I'm just like, you could use this for any other character. Bumble was literally Dale introduced B one twenty seven as a fucking assassin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he was without Bumble, we're not winning fights. As we can see in the next movie. So <laughs> Um Bumblebee gets like a five out of ten. It's a very simple film. This is one that you would definitely let your kids watch. Yeah. It's it's not as violent as the other ones or as like PG thirteen as the other ones. Um, but I'm definitely gonna have to get a Bumblebee tattoo because that's my son. <laughs> I have to get I wanna get small tattoos for all my sons. So toothless, bumblebee, appa, stitch. That's cute. My children. Yes. Um, but yeah. Did you say five out of ten? I I can't rate this since I didn't finish the movie. Oh, okay. Last but not least, Transformers. Rise of the Beast. 
Huh. <laughs> this movie came out in May. Oh, in June. On June 9th. Came out on June 9th. Um, God. Where do we even start? Okay. The homeworld of the Maximals, an advanced race of Cybertronians with beast modes, comes under attack from the planet eating dark god Unicron. His heralds, the Terracons, and an army of Predacon scorpions led by Scrooge seek to obtain for their master the Maximal's greatest piece of technology, the Transwarp Key, which can open portals through space and time. Um, the Maximal leader, Aplin, Aplican, Aplin, Aplican, I don't know, sacrifices himself to allow the other Maximals to escape the planet before Unicron devours it. Now under the command of Optimus Primal, the Maximals use the key to flee. To where? Earth. Because there's no other fucking planet. Like, <laughs> y'all can go to <laughs> We're in 1994 Brooklyn. Ex-military electronics expert Noah Diaz struggles to find a job to support his family. His brother has leukemia. His mother works full-time. Um, and so they have to pay this this hospital bill and if they can't pay the hospital bill they won't let his brother be admitted into the hospital so he basically turns to crime to get some quick cash help his brother basically he goes to his you know friend down the block and they say we're gonna go steal a very expensive car from rich people who just keep them locked up in garages and he was like okay so he goes to steal this car and this car turns out to be a what? A motherfucking Autobot <laughs> by the name of Mirage. At the same time, we're at a museum where Ella Wallace, Ellen Alina Wallace, studies ancient statue of a falcon bearing the Maximal symbol. Um, Alina is played by homegirl Dominique Fishback. I was so happy to see her. This is She's been doing great. Um, she has. And so she plays... Elena, who's basically being used by her boss because she's an intern, quote unquote, but obviously she's the smartest person in the room. Um, she they get this they get this statue from the police or whatever. Um, and she sees that there's a weird marking on it. And so of course her nerd side is like, I have to figure out what the fuck that is. And so while she's figuring out what the fuck that is, she accidentally breaks it. And it turns out inside is the what? Half of the transwarp key. And, of course, when the transwarp key is unveiled, it sends out a fucking beacon <laughs> of, of its location. <laughs> and I was just like, out of all the Transformer things that I've ever seen, this one is the one that tells you where it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> this one, it, there's no, no riddle, no nothing. It's like, yeah, bitch, I'm right here. Come find me. <laughs> um, the key release is an energy pulse that is detected by Optimus, who summons the Autobots. This is a prequel, by the way, to to is ninety is ninety four. So this is a prequel to um to the first film. Uh, and so um the Autobots basically Mirage is contacted, and so Mirage goes on a fucking um chase <laughs> with Noah in the car, and Noah is freaking the fuck out. Noah is the the second person who has had a proper reaction to right. Transformers. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. Screaming, crying, shitting, throwing up. But I'm like, listen, Noah, I'm with you. Could you imagine a 20-foot-tall 
robots in front of you and then trans and then optimus who's even taller comes in <laughs> i'm shitting i'm sorry <laughs> i'm crying like so noah basically you know feels like he's losing his mind high on adrenaline he meets the autobots and he's like oh this is fucking crazy and they basically tell him hey human if you go find this transwarp key for us um I don't know. I don't know what's the ultimatum they give him, but they give him an ultimatum. It oh. says, go get the key. They will let him sell Mirage the car oh, so he sell can Mirage. pay. Yes. So he can pay off for his brother's medical mm-hmm. bills. So he heads over to the museum. Ella is panicking. because Alina is panicking because the statue broke. But the lights go out. So basically, not only do the Autobots know where this is, the fucking Decepticons know where this fucking shit is. So, um... They end up fighting Scourge. Scourge deactivates the Bumblebee. Still, key have before Maximal um the the plane arrives and they drive off. Um, Airazor explains to the Autobots that the Maximals have been hiding on Earth for thousands of years, and they split the transport key into two. Oh, Airazor is the Eagle Maximal. Um, so she saw that the transport key had been found. Um, she comes in too late. Bumblebee is, you know, deactivated. She explains to the Autobots that the key is in two and they have to keep it out of Unicron's hands. Despite the danger, Optimus Prime is insisted that the key be reassembled so the Autobots can use it to return home. Because that's been his goal for many years now. I think they said seven. They've been stuck on Earth for seven years and this one. Jesus. And then they still gotta wait another seven years until they meet Sam. Hmm. (laughs) While Noah secretly plots. Well, 1994, wait. 1994, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 2000. No, that's 14 years. Oh, wow. That's 14 years before they meet Sam. I would want to go fuck home too. Shit. Right. <laughs> um, so Noah goes along with his plan because he wants to destroy the key because he doesn't have, he has no faith in Optimus. <laughs> uh, I think that if he destroys the key, then there won't be any danger to earth. Um, uh, the other half of the key is in Peru. They get to Peru. They meet up with the local Autobot there. Um, the Terracons attack once again, and the battle ends in Scrooge corrupting um, Airazor with Unicron's dark energy. Yeah, and that's when the Autobots meet the Primals uh, and the other Max, well, Optimus Primal and the other Maximals, um, who explain that they moved the second half of the key, entrusting it to a human tribe they had worked with for a millennia. Scrooge's corruption overtakes Airazor, driving her mad, and Primal is forced to kill her to save Alina. Um, in the chaos, Noah attempts to destroy the second half of the key, but is convinced not to by Optimus, which then gets stolen by Scrooge, who reassembles both halves and decides that they're going to basically open up a portal to Earth, which Unicorn will soon arrive. So another fucking war breaks out, and this is probably the biggest war we've seen in all of the movies. <laughs> um, there's so many... I don't even know if these are Decepticons, whatever they fucking are. Unicrons... Oh, the Terracons. There's mm-hmm. so many of them. Um, I don't know why there's so many of them, but um, they end up fighting 
uh, the the plan is for Elena to go under the pedestal where the work key is and basically destroy it with a code that she figured out. Everybody else has to keep the Terracons distracted. And while doing that, Mirage gets gravely wounded, but he transforms into a fucking exosuit <laughs> for Noah. And I said, bitch, has this always been something that Transformers could do? Or was this something that... You got Jaeger and Woodwicky out here, just flesh, <laughs> battling these robots. And you could tell me that some of y'all can do what Mirage did? No. This has to be a Mirage only thing. Because Mirage can right. duplicate himself. Right. So, or visions of himself at the very least. That was, girl, I saw that. I said, well, now the humans can actually fight shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is the first movie where we have, haven't had really any military help. Mm-hmm. Because they're not on, where are they? In Peru? They're in Peru. They're not. Yeah. They were in the States and now they're in Peru. So, even when we started out in the states, usually the military is either fighting against, or we have a military division fighting with us, mm-hmm. which is why the humans were were winning. <laughs> but this one is literally like that Noah out there by themselves mm-hmm. in a fucking transformer war. <laughs> right. Just oh my god, and them fucking scorpions. God, I said if she has to fight one of them bitches one more time, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. But um, Bumblebee, who was kept in the Amazon, where there was a deposit of Energon at, basically, when the key starts, it sends out a pulse, which wakes up my fucking son, because y'all can't do shit without him. Um, And they basically win the battle. Um, They save Optimus. Um, They destroy the key. And Noah and Primal are able to save him from being sucked into an imploding vortex. In the aftermath, the Autobots, now without means to return to Cybertron, proclaim Earth as their new home, and vow to continue protecting it among, along with the Maximals, which makes me have questions, because this is the predecessor. Where the fuck were the Maximals in the last five movies? They're really Did about they to make die? me watch a two-hour YouTube video explaining the origin <laughs> of the comics. Really? Elena receives recognition for discovering the temple in Peru. While Noah attends an interview for a security job, but finds he's actually being invited to join a secret government organization. I was waiting for them to say Sector 7. They said Is that Joe. Was that not the Sector 7 guy at the end? Was that not I Simmons? No. No. I, because they, the way they Simmons sh- was I, young. They played a version of Simmons younger in what? the beginning of one movie. There's a curly Jewish kid. I want to say that there was one. Let's see, ending of Transformers. They set it up in a way when he turned around that I should know who that man is. And I was like, I don't, I've never seen right. his name before. Oh, maybe, is he somebody from the G.I. Joe movies? I think maybe that's so, what it is. Maybe. Okay. But I was so taken aback when they said he's a G.I. Joe person. I was like, where the fuck is Sector 7 then? <laughs> Sector 7's been um, around girl, since the 60s. I was sitting here. Bitch, what is going reading. on? I was like, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> I've never seen the original G.I. Joe movies. I've only seen Snake Eyes. So mm-hmm. 
Oh, I, I didn't watch so the confused. mid credit scene. What was that? Reek learns that um, Mirage is a Transformer. The dude he was stealing cars with. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Uh-uh. I was like, so we're just telling everybody. How has this been a secret? If <laughs> How? Got the, Please. Got the girl from the 1980s and the military from back there. Apparently, yeah, the they've been around been since with them for thousands of years. Right. <laughs> what did you think about the movie? I enjoyed. It felt, mm-hmm. quote unquote, urban. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Noah was, Noah was the Noah and Elena were the second humans that I cared about after Sam. <laughs> yeah. So before I couldn't care shit about Cade, um, or any of the other people before that, but. Also, Elena was the first woman in the film who did more than run around. <laughs> right. I mean, the other girls did good. Like, Megan Fox's character had her moment in, what was it? Um, Ages of Extinct, Dark of the Moon, where she, like, straps up Bumblebee and driving it around with him where he's shooting shit. But, like, I like that she was, like, the brains. <laughs> they gave her, like, a clear role. But, Yeah. That was the ending of Rise of the Beast. <laughs> it was, um, it was crazy. I just don't. If you watch these in order, Optimus gets less and less powerful. <laughs> hey, not too much on him. I they know. stay coming for that man. They do not come for any of the other <laughs> opt, um, Transformers, Autobots. The way they come for, tra- um, the way uh, they come for Optimus. Face? Yeah, yeah. Which is unfortunate. Um, but I did like seeing Noah and Elena. And I'm interested to see how they're going to continue this into the next one. Which is supposed to be about the G.I. Joes. It's called Transformer 1. It's in production. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to see more of Elena's story. We got a lot of Noah in this one. So I wonder if they'll give us enough story or if it's just going to be like the other movies where it's like we only care about one human's backstory. <laughs> um, but yeah, I might have to just go look at a YouTube video because I have questions. Same. I have questions. My number one question is if in the Bumblebee movie we saw them fighting that war and I uh, was and we saw Bumblebee when Optimus was like, where's Bumblebee? And Bumblebee comes in as a car. I was like, oh, so they transform as cars on their planet? Okay. But he then as a car? this movie, yeah, he, he's like, where's Optimus? And he comes in as a vehicle with wheels. And then he oh. transforms in that movie. And then in this one, it doesn't make So I'm like, oh, them as cars, that's them. So like they are, that's how they are. I don't understand how Mirage would sell himself to the guy if when they left they left like that's not like they don't leave their their souls leave and then the car just stays there they leave they well, are the cars. duplicate himself maybe he'll duplicate the car maybe. or he'll just sell himself and then walk away They're like your car is i guess so <laughs> i was a little confused by that yeah i was assuming that he was going to sell himself and then just mm. bounce okay <laughs> But I think other than that, honestly, I did enjoy the movie. It was a little cringy with the primal thing. I was like, you're losing me a little bit, but I had been so long since I'd seen Transformers that I was happy. So I'd honestly give the movie a 7 out of 10. Yeah, i give it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. So what was your favorite Transformers and your least favorite Transformers movie? Favorite was the first one. Least favorite was probably 
the fourth one. The first Mark Wahlberg one. The Age of Extinction. Yeah. Mine's would probably be favorite. I think I liked Revenge of the Fallen a lot. Mine's the second one is my favorite. And then uh, I had a whole list. I don't feel like going to look for it, but um, the second one's my favorite. My least favorite would probably be yeah, Age of Extinction. Yeah. Um, because I liked the lore of last night. Mm-hmm. And even though I was very mad about the wasted potential of Bumblebee, <laughs> Age of Extinction for some reason just did not hit. It didn't. It didn't hit at all. Um. So yeah, Age of Extinction would be my least favorite. Um, I say if you want something to watch, Transformers is not a bad franchise to jump into. Get in while we're only seven movies deep. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> right. Yeah. Six, seven, because there's definitely more to come. Um, so wait, why does this say Transformers One is an animated prequel? Is this not going to be like live action? I have no clue. I have to read a little bit more. Hmm. Transformers One, an origin story set on Cybertron, home of both Autobots and Deception. The film is said to be the focus of the relationship between Optimus Prime and Megatron. There's but, no way. They said it has to deal with G.I. Joe. Or maybe that's what we assumed. Wait a second. It says Transformers 1 is an animated film. It's not going to be live action. See, I don't know Girl, if you're going to get me there. I, yeah. I can do the CGI, but I don't know if I'm going to be there for animated robots. Yeah, I've already fallen in love with them. Why do you... I don't... Mm. <laughs> Uh, he said we're hoping that okay, one of the producers said we're hoping that there is enough emotional construct to, that would lead to a trilogy of it because personally I think there's a natural trilogy you're going to see Cybertron in a way you've never seen it that's no one's ever seen before the inconclusion of Alpha Trion one of the oldest Autobots the Centennial Prime and a primary antagonist Makes us think we will get more of a history of Transformers beyond just that of Optimus Prime and Megatron. Which is what I want. But I want that shit live action. <laughs> now, if they do the oh. animated like they do the CGI, I can watch it. Mm-hmm. Being an animated movie, Transformers 1 will take a different tone than the previous live action films. It would be nice to get back to the franchise's origins and have a bit of a lighter feel to the story. Apparently, the Transformers and G.I. Joe's already crossed over in a limited comic book series published by Marvel in 1987. Okay, so this is something that was already... There's a comic book. They thought about it, but it doesn't seem like this is something... Because I'm reading this article and they're like, they haven't even picked out the characters... For the, the so, G.I. Joe one. For the G.I. Joe crossover with Transformers. Okay. Well, we'll see how long we're on this franchise road. Um, I know it's been a crazy few past days for the U.S. and in France. And I'm sure there's other parts of the world that are not doing well right now. Even through all the loss, we hope that we were a spot of joy. Remember to drink your water wear your sunscreen and mask and check in on your friends 
um but we will be back again next week with a new episode until next time i'm tori i'm Marin. bye bye bye